0: everyone, we're 19 episodes in here at The Media Narrative, I'm Rob Hochschild. thought I'd take a pause from the usual interview format to do another solo episode. Last time I did one of these was back in July, and in that episode I talked about why I got into podcasting and how it related to a piece of family history that went back to 1978 when I was a teenager. That was episode 13. Upshot was that due to either nature, nurture, or some intergenerational effect of family trauma, questions and unanswered questions became a part of my family mojo, and that's part of the reason why I like having a podcast where I ask people questions. So in that solo episode, I talked about something that happened 40 years ago. In this one, I want to talk about today, right now. We're just about to have an election in the U.S. that feels like it matters even more than the one that led to Donald Trump's election two years ago. Now, this isn't a news podcast. It's not a politics show. We touch on these issues when one of my guests is working in news or politics. And like all of you here in the U.S., I'm living through this chaotic, ugly moment in history. And it's been having an impact on me like it's been having an impact on most of us. I just hope that everyone who can vote does, or at least that most people do. I just read an article from NY Mag's Intelligencer profiling 12 young people, most of whom lean left, explaining for not very good reasons why they won't be voting in this election. You'll see a link to that article on the show notes page. What I'll be doing in this episode is mentioning a few other items from the media that I feel have delivered some particularly useful information, even if it's damning or depressing or anxiety-causing, because, much as I'd like to sometimes ignore what's happening these days, I can't condone completely tuning out the news and what feels like the dismantling of democratic and American principles. Sometimes you have to take breaks from The uh, Donald Trump is really enjoying being the most famous person on the planet, for better or worse, reality show that we're enduring right now. To that point, I'll tell you about one pleasurable music distraction I've been partaking right at the end of this. Now, I'm a little tardy with this episode because, well, I've been involved with some cool new work projects, but also because I'm in constant search of great insights on what is happening in the country right now. Like, for example, the recent interview with Elizabeth Colbert on the great Long Form podcast. If you haven't listened to that show, do it. They've got interviews with authors and journalists. It goes deeply into writers' careers and work. Colbert is a journalist and author covering environmental issues. And when you listen to her talk about the future, it does get dark. But even she offers a little bit of hope about what we can still do to start better addressing climate change. And damn it, the environment is one really big reason why this election is so important. Any kind of move in the right direction is a good next step on that front. And there's a pretty strong connection between current events and what I'm doing in this podcast. It's pretty obvious when you consider the name of the show, The Media Narrative. It's a podcast about media when media seems more consequential than it's ever been. That's greatly due to advancing technology and the rapidity of news dissemination, but it's also because the president of the United States is very good at using a wide range of channels to achieve his goals. There's no way to measure it, but I'm pretty sure that Trump has already made himself the most written about, talked about person in the history of the world. He's created and capitalized on a perfect storm of media magnification, And as a result, it has compelled so many more of us to spend great amounts of our time consuming news and news-inspired content, from early morning cable to late night comedy TV, meaning that what we're doing with much of our time is watching and listening to Donald Trump. He has won the current battle because he is the most talked about person in the world. Despite all of its best efforts, the media, and I mean this in the most Marshall McLuhan-esque kind of way, has made Trump possible. Well, the media and the Republican Party. Any doubts I'd had about McLuhan's The Medium is the Message are wiped away now. These two years have proven that to be true, that the ways we communicate seem to now be having a greater impact than the ideas or the truth contained in those communications. This is a disturbing thought. And though I'm disappointed and pissed off, I'm still hopeful. Because the media is taking it so hard these days, I'd like to give a few more examples of good work in the media, at least from my perspective. This moment in history is also making me think about what I want to do with this show because I feel like we should all be working together toward a more positive future. But focusing on the hard news of the day has never been my sole mission here or at any other time in my career. In fact, at one point in my career, when I was a reporter at a daily newspaper near Philadelphia, the Norristown Times-Herald, I was covering the daily news, the fires and the fights at City Hall, the zoning board meetings, the local economy. But even back then, I fought against wanting to make my work all about that. I covered news, but I wanted to write about music and the arts, and they just wouldn't let me do that. My editor's didn't want me covering both Sewage Authority meetings and the latest Richard Thompson album. It would confuse our readers, I was told. It's funny the way things go. Eventually, I landed what at the time was my dream job, writing about music and doing other music-related communicating for Berkeley College of Music. But I changed that up partly because I wanted to go back to being a generalist rather than someone who just covered music. That's why this podcast sort of veers all over the place subject-wise. We've got music, we've got politics, personal development, criminal justice, theater, many other topics. I like it that way, but I am mulling over ways to make the podcast more focused, and I'll keep you posted on that in the future. But in this moment, fall of 2018, in the wake of hate crimes and attempted attacks against the president's opponents in recent weeks, I need to tell you that I like you, I imagine, have been singularly focused on the election, but also, and this shouldn't surprise you, I've been focused on the ways the media and politics have been impacting each other lately. So a few podcasts and news stories to point you to, ones that I feel really help clarify what's happening at the moment. So I'll take a moment to mention some of them. Check the website, themedianarrative.com, for links, whether you hear this episode before or after the election. These are all worth consuming. First, there's the Ezra Klein Show. Klein is the head of Vox Media, a very smart journalist, and a great interviewer. Uh, Check out his interview with media and journalism sage, Jay Rosen, in which these two tease out whether or not the media is making American politics worse. In a short Politico column by Jack Schaefer, the writer makes a cogent case that we reset the threshold for which Trump utterances qualify as news, a change that would help mute what he calls the president's boombox. The Washington Post in late October ran a column by Harvard professor Yochai Benkler, co-author of a book called Network Propaganda. His column in the Post summarizes the book's thesis, which is that we have all overestimated the impact of Russian interference in the 2016 election and that it was Fox, not Russia, that swayed the election in trump's favor he makes a pretty convincing case and finally a segment from the wnyc show on the media from late october that cast a critical eye on media coverage of the midterms all of that is worth checking out and i'll have links for those so that's enough on the media and politics front for the moment as for my recommended musical distraction of the moment well That is besides listening to a lot of Sunvolt, Nico Case, John Coltrane, and watching a 17-minute video of guitarist Nels Klein breaking down five of the greatest guitar riffs of all time. Really, really cool and worth watching. Besides all of that, has been this new and unexpected obsession with the duo of Rachel and Vilry and their fresh take on some very old songs, like 100 Years Old, and some new ones that feel as old. Rachel is the Rachel Price of Lake Street Dive and Vilry is a guitarist vocalist and former conservatory classmate of hers I don't even want to say anything else about it. I don't know Just listen and watch these videos and take a deep breath. And if that doesn't do it for you maybe try some old Gang of Four records or Eric Dolphy's version of Green Dolphin Street Nothing like a bass clarinet to make you feel grounded. Thanks for listening. Grab those show links at TheMediaNarrative.com. More interviews are coming up in future episodes. This one was edited by Isaac Kotecki with theme music from Matt Jensen. I'm Rob. Hang in there, everyone.